This episode is sponsored by Free Market Kids. Join the league of families who are transforming family time into unforgettable Bitcoin learning experiences. With our Hoddle Up Bitcoin mining board game, you're not just playing. You're building bridges, creating memories, and unlocking the brilliance of the future one block at a time. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Bitcoin Homeschoolers. Today, we're going to address something that Tali and I struggled with for the entire time, the two decades that we homeschooled, and that was trying to find local resources to supplement what we wanted to teach our kids. And today we sit down with Kalani and Tyler. They are helping to fill this void with a nonprofit organization that they have founded. It is called Haskell Academy. I think you're going to really enjoy. Here we go. When Tyler mentioned the idea of why isn't there a centralized hub somewhere where people can go and locate quality teachers, I just thought, this is an excellent idea and I can't believe it doesn't exist and we have to do this. The name Haskell was my grandfather's middle name and he never officially finished fourth grade, but he was one of the wisest men I ever knew then they could flourish and it's mutually beneficial right for them and for the families and so it's not just for the student it's also for the educators so welcome to bitcoin homeschoolers so amazing to have tyler and his lovely wife kalani with us tonight we're going to dive into their experience in homeschooling and the very exciting resource they're working on as a passion project so welcome guys Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. We appreciate the time. Yeah, we appreciate yours. Let's let's start off, tell the audience just so they have an idea of, of who you guys are. Do a quick introduction to, of yourselves. My name is Tyler Gay, and I grew up in East Tennessee. Uh, originally lived most of my life in Tennessee. And as I was growing up, my my parents, when I was in first grade, my parents decided to do this weird thing called homeschooling <laughs> uh, in the 90s. You know, it's a, it's a different time. Yeah, so, so they decided that they were going to try that out on my brother and me. And it was kind of a new, newish thing. I, I know it's been happening for a long time, but um, for, for kind of this area that we lived in in East Tennessee, very rural East Tennessee, um, they... They would buy curriculum. We would go through the curriculum kind of in a traditional homeschool environment, kind of what you would expect with the mom and dad teaching, you know, the kids kind of different subjects from math to English and, and, and all of that. As we were getting older, my parents felt uncomfortable with the idea of teaching su- certain subjects like physics, chemistry, Spanish, some of these other more high school level courses. And so they they got involved in a co-op, which I'm sure most of your listeners are familiar with. And we had classmates, my brother, my brother and I um, had classmates. We met in a church that, that would open their doors every Tuesday and let us meet there. And as we were kind of finding the needs that weren't being met by the co-op, we would find teachers in the community that taught different subjects. For example, my Spanish teacher was from Cuba and taught Spanish. And my algebra teacher taught in the national public school system for many years and stopped doing that. And so so that helped uh, us kind of round out our education as we were progressing through high school. And so I was essentially homeschooled from, from second grade all the way through high school and then went into college and, and then eventually graduated. Yeah, so I'm Kaylani. I also was raised in East Tennessee in a small town called Dayton where there is a a small Christian college. My dad was a professor there of mathematics. So my three sisters and I all went to the public schools and really we had a great experience, um, public school all the way from kindergarten through high school. Let's say my experience was marked with, you had some really great teachers and then others who were 
there mostly to be sports coaches. And then they had their teaching duties on the side that were not their full focus, truly. Um, and I think that I didn't realize how much my parents were just naturally supplementing my education, just having a father who was involved in higher ed and um, most of my sisters. So my oldest sister ended up becoming a librarian and my two other sisters were elementary education teachers until they, the, the other two decided to stay home and homeschool their children. So that was kind of my first introduction into the homeschooling community and yes, I thought they were a little nuts at first. And I was worried about socialization and things like that. And just seeing how they've raised my nieces and nephews so well it has inspired me now that we have a son who is seven months old, um, has really shown me how well it can be done. And then hearing Tyler's story about how he was raised and how his parents were able to source excellent teachers for him and just having that comparison between our two educations has been so eye-opening for me and I'm really excited for what our son Alexi's education is going to look like once he gets a little bit older. So when Tyler, well not to go too far into Haskell Academy yet, but when Tyler mentioned the idea of why isn't there a centralized hub somewhere where people can go and locate quality teachers, I just thought this is an excellent idea and I can't believe it doesn't exist and we have to do this. Uh, and this was before kids were even on our mind. We just needed to do it for for everyone. People should have options. So I know I'm going too far into no, no, no. the conversation now, but... Uh, no, this is fine. Can I... Can I ask a different question for the trajectory of the conversation Go before we jump into Bitcoin? So, Tyler, my question for you is, why did your parents decide to do this weird thing called homeschooling way back in the 1990s before people were starting to realize how bad the public school system is? And then for Kalani, why did your sisters decide to homeschool when they were not homeschooled themselves? Yeah, so I, I'll go first. My parents, when I got to first grade, there were some there were some challenges, I think, with with some of the way things were being done in the classroom that my parents didn't want to continue with for me at that time. And it it kind of led down this path. We had this family friend that was homeschooling at the time. And my mom just started conversations with her and asking her about her experience. And while there's this tension of, you know, the school and classroom environment that she didn't feel was healthy for me, she was also having these conversations about, oh, well, what is homeschooling? What does it look like? How does it work? And so I think it was kind of a perfect storm all, all at the same time where she said, we're just in conversation with my, my dad, of course, we're going to do this. We're going to homeschool. And they pulled me out of, of, of grade school, you know, second grade basically, and started from there on. And then with my sister's, um, the two who decided to homeschool, because one sent her kids to public school, um, but the other two um, were largely influenced by their husbands initially. Um, both of them had been teaching in the public school system, and so they had seen the challenges and issues going on there already. But the first one, her husband also worked in the public school system, and he just, he said, I don't want my kids being taught in this environment. Um, and the the second, the other sister, her husband actually was homeschooled as well. And so he already saw the benefits of how he was raised. I wonder, do they, have you talked to them about what's in the schools today? I mean, because th things, as far as I know, have gotten, have progressed in a, in a bad way since then. Have you talked to them about what's going on with schools currently 
Where, how old are the kids? I guess now they're are they past their they're they're past the high school age, um, right? Some they, yes, the first one who decided to homeschool her oldest is in college, and the the second one, her oldest, is eleven. So they've been out of the school system for quite mm. a while now. Right. Okay. Yeah. I just see a lot of headlines, but, and maybe I'm reading into things. So. <laughs> Well, and, and watching from a distance, right? You see the headlines, you see the the stories about how many families that are in that environment. And I think I think the kind of response to COVID brought a lot of this to light where more parents who maybe were in the dark before about what was happening in, in these schools were seeing the Zoom calls, the the interactions, interactive interactions, and and just decided you know, after that, well, we're not going back. And, and I think it's kind of created this, this, this movement that's, that's moving more and more where this becomes on, on all sides of the issue. I've, I've talked to people from different backgrounds and different viewpoints that all share homeschooling or, or at least kind of getting out of that traditional model as being more and more accepted in, in all, all backgrounds. And so, that's encouraging, I think, uh, for us to, to see that that options are, are, are on the table and that people are becoming aware of them. Right. And you have some control. You don't just have to accept what's given to you. You can if, if you want to take action, you you do have you do have choices that you can take. So, yes. yeah. And we cool. go ahead. if we could go back to the story, I was going to tie it into like how we met and how. Yeah, please do kind of get into that Bitcoin question. Too. Yeah, please That's do. Okay. Just keep Perfect. going. We're Tali and I are just going to sit here, and you guys, will... <laughs> we're so, good. So we, so Kalani and I met in college at that school that her dad was a professor at in East Tennessee in Dayton, and we didn't really talk all that much uh, in in college. We were in different disciplines, so we didn't yeah. run into each other very often. I was a business major. You were a Spanish, Spanish major. major. And so we did, we didn't interact all that much, but we did, we did kind of meet and, and hung out more after college. So we both moved to the Chattanooga area, Chattanooga, Tennessee, and she moved at, in 2013, I think it was moved to the DC area and went to American university for your master's. And she got a job with an organization in the DC area and we were talking and, oh, and she said, hey, I work for this organization. You should really check it out. I think it would fit in your kind of what your passion is. And I'm, I'm through college, I, I had a professor that was very Austrian school economics um, nice. professor that, that kind of required reading was Henry Hazlitt's Economics in One Lesson. We read G. Edward Griffin's The Creature from Jekyll Island, which is a great book, by the way. And, and and among other things, right? And and so that kind of opened my eyes a little more to libertarian thought, and and I kind of became more and more following the 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 campaign of Ron Paul in 2008, and then later in 2012, and so kind of got connected to that. And naturally, there's this this part of, of that community, if you're familiar with them, that are kind of tied into Bitcoin and familiar with it, understanding the, the dangers of fiat money mm -hmm. and government kind of having unlimited control over the money supply. And so naturally, Bitcoin was just one of those things that I had heard about from very early on and, and um, was interested in, but never took the time to actually look at. And so, so going back to that, we, so she, she told me about this organization, long story short, I moved to the DC area and lived in Arlington, Virginia until we got married, which was in 2020. But all this time, one of the first guys I met at the job I had was huge into Bitcoin and he just, he was really into it. So anyway, I, I didn't actually get into Bitcoin until I guess it was maybe 2019, 2018, 2019, where I actually started to, I think that was after the spike. Unfortunately, I, I, I didn't get in before that, so, <laughs> but it was always on my radar. Like I've yeah. heard about it for years and I knew I needed to, and I just never did. And I kicked myself to this day. 
Yeah, yeah, someday though, too, someone's yeah. gonna look back and they'll they'll still call you early. So okay, yeah, so you guys true. have this. You you've seen the contrast of public versus homeschooling, and you're clearly familiar with Austrian economics and some libertarian ideas. So, all right, I'm now I'm curious. So now I'm trying to connect the dots to how we met with, we're talking about Haskell Academy. I would like to understand the inspiration. And I imagine there's some things out of the things we just talked about that, that helped shape what you're, what you're trying to do with Haskell. Yeah. Yeah. So, so while I'm working at this place in DC, I had a good core group of friends that we shared a lot of the same values and kind of the libertarian thought and, ideas of human liberty and freedom and and um, just kind of advancing those things. And so I, I kind of approach um, how I view the world through that lens a lot of times. And I start to think through problems of how do we, how do we get people voluntarily cooperating in a way that doesn't require coercion or doesn't require someone mandating that you do X, Y, and Z. And so almost everything I, I look at life through that lens, which is sound, sounds exhausting. <laughs> it kind of is sometimes. But one of those things was education. And so I thought through my experience being homeschooled and how it was this a la carte experience of there was some of this traditional homeschooling. When you hear homeschooling, you think with the parents kind of teaching the child went through that, you know, early on. And then as I got older, it was like, okay, well now let's bring in these other people. And so kind of crowdsourcing or, or a la carte education experience. And so it was like, well, how do we make that more approachable for more people, or at least get them aware of thinking about here are your options? Because a lot of people, they do what they're familiar with. Maybe their, their parents went to public school their friends went to public school, they went to public school, their friends are sending their kids to public school. Um, and then for those that have enough money, they might send their kids to private school, right? And so that might not be available or on the table for everyone. So the thought was, how do we show people that, well, you could do this in a way that's not quite as expensive as public school or a private school and doesn't have you following this this older model of, of education. I was going to say it's also twofold in the sense that we want to support educators. So my family is all educators, and I saw how difficult it was for them when they were in the public school system in general. And I have a lot of friends who are teachers, and I have a lot of respect for teachers in general, any type of educator. And I I just think that they get swept into the system where their only options are to teach in a private institution or a public institution. And um, I, I think if they were allowed to structure their own classes and felt that they had the support needed in order to make enough money to do it on their own and have those connections, then they could flourish and it's mutually beneficial, right? For them and for the families. And so it's not just for the student, it's also for the educators. We want them to see that they have options because so many of them especially suffered um, during COVID because there were unrealistic expectations put on them and they were stretched in so many different ways. And that's just beyond the normal pain points that that they might have. And so it really is meant to be all around helpful for families as well as educators. Yeah. Yeah. And it ties in nicely with that voluntary cooperation, right? And where it's like, how do we get people peacefully to say, I have something that you want and you have something that I want. And how do we, how do we exchange so that we get that in a way that's voluntary without you know, kind of that co coercion or, or uh, compulsion. So thinking through that, how the idea kind of came about was through that, where I was just thinking about all these different things. And so we, we talked a lot about this before we even started what would later become Haskell Academy, which is haskellacademy.com. 
um, and that's H-A-S-K-E-L-1-L Academy. Um, it's, it's, the idea came in that organic way, but we, we were bouncing ideas off each other for a long time, months. We, it took us forever to decide on a name, which I'll, I'll get into the name. Uh, there is a significance to that as well here in just a minute, but it was like, well, how do we, how do we create a, a marketplace or a, a, a place where you can go online and you say, I need, I want to learn Spanish or I want my child to learn physics or chemistry or play sports, basketball or soccer or go to dance club or chess club or e anything, anything that supports families outside of that traditional school system. We want to, we want to help make those connections. So that's where the idea came from. And the inspiration was, was creating we, <laughs> Yelp was a, was a big one. I don't know if you're familiar with Yelp or not, but it's like, I want a steak tonight and I type in steakhouse and I can find all the steakhouse restaurants near me, where they are, what their hours are and all that. And so that was a big part of the model. Another part of the model was Uber, how Uber kind of has created this competition for the taxi industry where you just get on, you get on the app and you find someone near you that can connect you to places. So that, that's kind of where the, the concept came from. And we were surprised to see that nothing, like Kaylani said, nothing like that really existed. There are sites out there that do the virtual thing where you can go learn a virtual subject. And those are great for if, if that's what you're looking for and you want to, to go that route. But we, we focus on, and we, we have virtual profiles and teachers on our site, but, but our, our main focus is that are those in-person interactions, those, the concerned parent that asks, how do I, you know, get my kids socialized with other kids and, and meeting friends and, and playing sports or, or doing book clubs and chess clubs and all these things that are fun, that, that bring joy to life. How, how do we get those people connected? And so that's, that's kind of where the idea came from. I love the idea because like I like we were talking about before, the number one concern for people who are even starting to think about homeschooling is always the socialization part of it. And virtual programs are great, but it's just not the same. Looking at somebody through a screen versus looking at them in person. The other thing that I have heard some people questioning is a lot of co-ops, I don't hear anyway, I don't know about in Tennessee, but a lot of co-ops are very religiously oriented. And so for people who are not of that denomination or not of that faith, then they feel like they shouldn't participate and they're sort of left out dangling out, you know, floating around looking for other people to connect with because the bulk of the homeschoolers would be okay with faith-based co-ops and things like that. Hmm. Yeah, and, and so this concept helps, I think, open up some options, right? No, no matter what your background or your beliefs are, you have a way to find what's in your area. And I would challenge, I guess the challenge to your listeners is, is um, think about that thing that you know something about that you could share with others that others might want to learn. Can you come to some mutually beneficial agreement with other people and share that knowledge with them. I think that's key. And, and it's, it, it's anyone can, anyone can do it. Uh, now I know there are laws and there's certain hoops that you might have to jump through if you're running an official, like a micro school or something like that, but getting that process started and exploring what it means to be an entrepreneur or an edupreneur. And that's a term that other people have used edupreneur, someone who, creates uh, a business or an organization that helps educate. I think it's fantastic. And that's the, that's the heart of what we want to inspire in other people too, is like, Hey, you can do this. We need, we need people, good quality people out there helping teach the future. I also just like that you guys are, are making it happen. So you, a lot of people will complain about something and say something's bad or something's broken or something's missing. It's another thing to actually get up and say, I'm going to be the one to figure out how to do it. That's that entrepreneur type of thing that you're talking about, but it's easy to talk about. It's very hard to do. And oh, it takes, yeah. it takes some true passion because it's going to be, I mean, it's like we talk about proof of work. 
you're going to have to put in the work to 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 make this um, to make this kind of marketplace come to, come together. So, is the just from a process standpoint, you're, you're going to start with where you are in, in Tennessee and then grow from there. What's what are the what are your kind of where are you in this in this vision? So we are still in the early stages. We we started with a very rudimentary website that was a form fill so that the concept of, of Haskell Academy is it's a, a, a place where teachers, co-ops, micro schools, clubs, sports teams, anyone that's serving those out of the traditional school system market can go online and create a free profile. So it's basically kind of like Yelp, you know, going back to that example where You've got this restaurant and here are their hours and their rating and do they accept, do they have outdoor seating? Are they good for groups? Blah, blah, blah. You've got all this stuff listed. The idea here is to do that, but with education in a decentralized way. So giving entrepreneurs, people who are starting their, their organizations, their co-ops, micro schools, you know, uh, tutor services, giving them a place to list their services and, and be searchable. So parents and families can go online and search physics or guitar or Spanish and pull up all the people in your area that teach those subjects. And you, you interact with them directly. It's free. It's we're, we're, we're exploring some potentially premium features in the future, but the base profiles will be free so that there's the low barrier to entry. We understand that some people are just trying to get off the ground, get their organization off the ground and get started and get their name out there. And so we want to be sensitive to that too. Mm. So um, going back to your question, I think I've lost my train of thought. What was the question? Well, no, I was just trying to, I was just trying to put it together the, the vision of what you're trying to create and like what step you were in. So I think you actually, you kind of answered that. There was another thing that you had mentioned earlier. You wanted to explain the name and the inspiration yeah. for that. Maybe you could touch on that. Yeah, so so the the name Haskell was my grandfather's middle name and he never officially finished 4th grade, but he was one of the wisest men I ever knew. And he had to drop out of school at an early age to help with the work, basically help work to support his family early on. And throughout his life he sourced his education, education in the non-traditional sense, from so many different people, through his job, through his friends, through people in the community. And he just, he just really inspiring figure. He's to me and to those that knew him, he passed away in 2020, but his, his legacy lives, lives on through, through this and, and through that spirit of, of putting together an education in a non-traditional way outside of the, the mainstream, mainstream method. So, so that's, that's where the name comes from. And, and right now we are, we're still new. We started with a very basic website. Teachers would go online and fill out a form fill and we would create manually a web page for them. There was no map. There was no, there was a search function, but it was very basic. And so now through a grant that we got through an organization called the Vela Education Fund, who I highly recommend, they, they give small micro grants to preneurs, people starting micro schools, people starting organizations, kind of supporting that out of, out of market, out of traditional market. We got a grant from them and that helped us take our website to the next level. So now... It's a searchable map, interactive. You can go around and zoom in on different areas. Right now we have 58 profiles. So we're just under 60. So we're still new, we're still growing. Most of those profiles are in Tennessee, but we have some in, in Georgia, Florida, Virginia. We've got one as far north as Maryland and and, and just kind of growing out, right? Mm -hmm. And so we're we're looking for anyone that that runs a co-op or helps as a teacher at a micro school or or has started a micro school themselves or 
tutors, anything like that outside of that traditional system, there's no reason not to be on the site. Uh, it's free. There's no, there's no charge. And it helps make you searchable for, for searching families. Now, I know there may be some people out there that don't want to be found, and <laughs> that's okay. But if you do want to be found, this is a great way to, to help do that and let you focus as an entrepreneur, let you focus on doing what you do best, which is teaching and, and will help do the, help you find other, help other people find you. We do some Facebook ads and, you know, things like that too. So that, that helps that might not otherwise see it. Another great feature of the website is that the, the folks posting their own profiles have control of their profiles. So they can go in and change and say, yes, I'm accepting new students right now. No, I'm not. Or here's my schedule. If you want to join one of these courses, you can contact me. You can contact them within the website itself. So if you want potential students to reach out to you, but you don't necessarily want them having your personal information yet, they can reach out on this platform without having to exchange personal information yet. So lots of different things, and we have so many ideas going forward for how we can make this even better. But as far as populating our map and getting more educators on there, uh, we've tabled multiple events in South Carolina, here in Chattanooga. We'd like to get to one in Missouri and one in um, in Georgia at some point next year. But we've tabled a lot of homeschool conventions and time after time, we have just seen the educators' eyes light up. They're so excited. And not only that, but the homeschool families as well. I think everyone has seen the value in it. So it's just a matter of getting people used to going there and using this tool so that it can benefit more people. So if you have students and want to check it out, or if you want to pass it along to any friends or family who you know might be looking, please do so. The more people using it, the more valuable it becomes to everyone. Yeah, I think having attended a couple of homeschooling conventions, you get both sides of your marketplace. You're, you need to get the word out for the parents to know this is a resource that can help you. You also need to get the word out to the people who are offering those services that are trying to connect with the consumers of it, the, the parents who are going to pay for it. So that, uh, that is an interesting thing. It does require some, some boots on the ground. Again, you're getting mm-hmm. back to the, you're getting back to the, it's going to take some work to, to get it out there. Absolutely worthwhile though. So that's, I think that's a, that, that makes a lot of sense to me in terms of a, a step to go. So yeah, it's yeah. really exciting too. We have recently started putting together a, a board of directors. And so we've got advisors coming in to really help us become more established and continue mm-hmm. driving this forward. Are you, are you, uh, I'm trying to remember, You're, are you a 501c3? Yes. yes. You are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. you could also then, people could donate uh, as well and get their, their tax, their tax benefit for having supported uh, an organization too. Yeah. Yes. And that is, yeah, that is a huge thing right now. Like as far as needs go, we need sharing this, this resource is the the best thing anyone can do because uh, we need the awareness. We need people like seeing it and understanding it, it exists and just how easy it is to get started as an entrepreneur or someone who's, who's serving out of, out of the traditional marketplace, kids and families. But that donation is, is, is huge. Like I was saying before, we don't charge for the profiles. We don't charge for the, for the searching. It's all run right now on donations and our pockets. And my, my parents are, are also generous <laughs> with this project, <laughs> which has been great. And then the, the Vela uh, grant that I mentioned before has been really helpful. Well, I think that just knowing this resource exists is huge because a lot of the new homeschooling families will be specifically looking for this. So when when our kids were going through the homeschooling process, one of the most helpful things to me were the homeschooling classes that were offered by non-homeschooling organizations, like the local gymnastics team, they would have a homeschooling class. And the local swim class, I mean, swim school would have a specific hour for homeschooling students. And those things are just really 
time consuming to find because I was looking up like every venue out there and then calling them and then finding out because these are like one class at a location. It's not like a co-op where you go and it's 25 classes taught by 25 teachers. It's one class, one location. So those are the ones that I think would be really valuable to the homeschooling families because they are so hard to find. Another thing we haven't mentioned yet is how helpful this hopefully will become for parents of children with special needs because they are in need of resources all the time outside the traditional school system and in, in concert with whatever support they already have. So we could see this being a really useful tool for those parents mm. too. This is not exclusively for homeschooling families, although I think it most naturally caters to that mm -hmm. demographic. It also could be supplementing. So if you've decided, well, I really just want my kid to go to a public school right now just for where we are at, our, at this season of life, but I'd like to supplement with uh, a language or give them like a higher level math course. Um, I could see this being helpful for that as well. It doesn't exclusively have to be for people who are only homeschooling. Um, so I just wanted to clarify that too. Yeah. yeah. And that's a great point, Kaylani. I think there's application even for adults potentially, right? Oh, yes, Cause it's definitely. like, how do you, like, if I wanted to learn a foreign language or an instrument like guitar, piano, you know, anything like that, I'm an adult. And I just, I just want to find somebody who can teach that subject that lives near my house, I can just go online and find them too that way. So, and as a, as someone who works full time for a nonprofit organization separately as my full-time day job, day job, I also teach Spanish on the side here. Um, and so I have a profile on there. Don't look at it right now. Um, but it, it gives me that outlet to be able to use my master's degree, right. And something that I'm passionate about, maybe I can't use it in my full-time job right now, but I'm able to, to supplement um, by teaching Spanish on the side. And so that's been really enjoyable for me as well. I, I want to highlight the, if you're a Bitcoin homeschooler, you already have knowledge that you could maybe help other people with. So thinking of yourself as a resource in that if you've set up a wallet or you, you've got in from even just the whole self-custody standpoint of, of, of that and, and of, uh, of Bitcoin and and taking ownership and and sharing that knowledge, how to get people started. Because I, I think on the Bitcoin side, we're we're still on the front end of this thing. Scott, I think you mentioned that earlier. We're we're on the front end of this thing, and there are people out there that maybe would would join in that don't that don't have a way to to do that or don't know how to get started. I know that was my biggest hurdle. Once I learned how to do it. It was easy, right? Like you, you, I mean, easy enough, <laughs> easy enough to, to, to continue participating. Um, so sharing that knowledge with others or any knowledge that you have, I think is, is key. And I think co-ops give you that opportunity as a parent to be kind of more involved. Obviously, you know, like you said, the site is, is meant to be a resource for families to use, to find mm -hmm whatever it is they're looking for outside of that. So whether you're looking for a micro school that's like Monday through Friday, you know, normal schedule, maybe you work and you don't, you know, you don't want to send your kid to public school for whatever reason, you can find a micro school in your area that has maybe 10, 12 other students and you all do classes together and things. That's kind of the more like managed, right? More uh, full service side. Or maybe you're homeschooling from your kitchen table and you need to find that one thing, maybe it's Spanish, maybe it's guitar, or maybe it's a sports club or something like that. This is a resource for you as well. So we're trying to build this list actively and we encourage folks that have things to share like that to, to go on and, and take that step. But I, I'll, I'll highlight one other thing for those that are that are looking that are outside of the the traditional system. There's the Vela Education Fund. I mentioned that before. It's an organization that gives micro grants to entrepreneurs that are trying to 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 
change the conversation around education and like how that happens and what that looks like and help help people that are are doing that entrepreneurial thing help them get started so i, I recommend that as a resource uh, as well for for those yeah searching. i i i'm i'm thinking of something else while you're talking too and that is it's almost it, the common question of where do i go and get a resource right it's it's a very i'm looking to consume something information it's a course it's a it's a book it's a whatever and i'm trying to think back now on our experience homeschooling part of homeschooling is giving right so if you have if you have done something if you like you were mentioning a few there like you've set up a wallet maybe whatever your hobby is but if you if you've learned about bitcoin and you know more than the next whoever it is like in turn this case kids or or other homeschooling parents, I, I think there's a there's a call to action there too. Like you're, you're part of this part of this is going to be giving, and if you give in a co-op, you're going to get a benefit because now you're going to meet somebody else who has a different skill. So there's the the momentum there, the lesson there that it's not just about I need to consume. Where can I go get this resource? Some of this is about finding other people who might have what you need or might need what you have to offer. And even if you think it's small to, to give a little bit, I'm just trying to think of some of the co-ops that, um, that we participated in. It can literally be anything. I mean, you could have a hobby mm -hmm. doing, you could be woodworking, you could be, maybe you speak Chinese, maybe you, I don't know, in this case, you, you're, you, maybe you like to do some Bitcoining and you can teach people how the wallet works. Or you read Lynn Alden's book and you want to go teach on money or something. It doesn't have to be yeah. a lot, right? I, I, I love that. And it, this is where I think it's this this episode is not just for folks that are new parents or expecting parents, right? Like if you're sitting there and you have an entrepreneurial spirit and you, you know, maybe you don't have kids, maybe you, your kids are grown and and or maybe you're teaching in the public school system now and you want to cut back on hours or you want to set your own schedule or you want to to try something different this is a resource for, for you mm -hmm. to help you get found and, and challenge i i think it would be so cool and this may, probably exists somewhere out there a bitcoin course right where you're teaching folks from all different all different ages really how to set up a wallet what it means to self custody and truly understand the dangers, potential dangers and scams and things. And maybe you play huddle up in, in one of the classes and, yeah. and like, it, it just like, I feel like there's so, there's so much you could do there. It's so exciting. Like to think about all the different possibilities of things you could start, start sharing. Well, so. you can, you can do that today. Even if you don't, if you wanted to give in your community, wherever you are, you can go and get, the Meet Premier diploma for free today and use that, that your curriculum's done, your workbook's done and they have great links to videos and things. And all you need to do is then go to a co-op and say, I'm willing to basically be the facilitator and here's, and the course materials are already done for you, right? So. Actually, can I interject there? Um, so I've had several <laughs> Bitcoiners ask me about how to infiltrate the homeschooling community and offer classes like that. And the issue I see infiltrate? for, yes, infiltrate. <laughs> okay. Because oh. we are assuming oh that these families are not yet Bitcoiners because otherwise they would te be teaching that themselves. So the, the, the problem, well, not the problem, the challenge of trying to enter those existing co-ops is you always have one or two people who are gatekeepers. And unless you can convince those one or two people that what you're doing is legitimate, you don't get in. Mm. But the benefit of your website is that you skip the gatekeepers because if right. the parents know about you and they decide they wanna know, they want their kids to know about Bitcoin, then they can find the educators regardless of the gatekeepers. So this yeah. can be a way of decentralizing the homeschooling resources slash co-ops. 
we're big on decentralizing and in in a okay. in a central centralized way, yeah. <laughs> like getting it all together, right? But yeah. um, I, I so that person is offer an economics course, right? Like, and then cap it off at the end with Bitcoin and mm. and talk about the history of money and that's something i feel like high schoolers would would enjoy um it's could, very needed could enjoy yeah and it's very needed i feel like there's a lot of economic illiteracy in 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 our mm. society today so yeah i think just being a little innovative there like oh okay yeah. uh, maybe i'll instead of teaching bitcoin full on i'll uh, start with economics and the history of money and then that's lead part of, it's part of the history <laughs> yeah yeah it's important, yeah. All right. We'll obviously have a link to to Haskell Academy in there. What else would you What else would you like to to include? Any other recommendations for people to go check out? I know we just asked resources, so it's kind of the same question, but just kind of a final call mm-hmm. out or final final thoughts, um, because I feel like we've hit. I think we've hit the main points that 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 this is a resource. It's out there. It's new, and it's building momentum. People should should certainly check it out if they have a family or if they want, they're interested in teaching and, and getting something going in their area. Cause it does take some, uh, it does take some action. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think just kind of highlighting one thing of where I think this fits kind of fills a void. The challenge that we're trying to look for is the knowledge of what resources are available to you in your area. And most of this homeschooling thing is is word of mouth. It's who do you know? And if you move to a new state or a new city or you don't know anyone or you only have one friend and they, they don't know anybody, like that can be a very alienating place to be as a, as a, as a parent who's trying to provide an education for their kids. So we hope to try to solve for that knowledge problem of who do you know and not having to know necessarily anyone, but having this resource where you can find people in your area. Um, hey, Tyler, I have, I have an idea. I don't know yeah. if you've already tried this, but every home, every new homeschooler has to go through the same process, the same gate, which is whatever the state requirement is. So right. the majority of them will hit the HSDLA site. Oh, right. Yeah. Is mm-hmm. it possible for you to partner with them? Because then you can hit them why, right when they decide to homeschool. That that's a great thought. Um, we we have that. Yeah, that that might be something we could do. Because you're a nonprofit, uh, so I feel like you would have a better way in than a for profit company. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great thought. Um, maybe we maybe we look at doing something like that. Um, I think that's I think that's key. And and there are Facebook groups out there. I know a lot of people use Facebook groups. And Johnny graduates high school, and everyone's kind of moved on and in college or or doing other things now. That Facebook group kind of falls by the wayside or something like that. Like we want this brand to be something that people see and immediately identify regardless of if you are in Tennessee and you move to Arizona or vice versa, in, in, everywhere in between, it's a resource that's there and, and it's, it's free and you can get access to that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that. Yeah. Covers. And the problem, the problem with the Facebook groups also is you have usually one gatekeeper controlling information going into hundreds of families. That's very true. And you have to ask, does anybody know a physics teacher? Mm-hmm. And you'll get like a bunch of responses. And then like five hours later, that that chat is now buried in the page somewhere. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. you've got to sift through all this stuff. And some some allow ads and some don't. And, you know, right. So. Exactly. But that. Yeah, that's been our challenge too. Is like we, we've used some of those Facebook groups to try to reach out to educators, those people that are doing this work, to encourage them to to hey, there's a free resource for you to help you find more people. 
but or some of them people find you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But some of them are even their gatekeepers there where they say, Oh, no ads. You know, it's like, well, it's not really an ad. Like I'm not, I'm not making anything, any money. Yeah. I'm not selling anything. So right. I'm just trying to help. Them so if you challenge. go to the, the legal defense association and you convince one person, now you have access to every family who goes there to check about their state requirements. So you just have yeah. to make a really strong pitch to these lawyers. Yeah. <laughs> That's 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 a great idea. Um, we need to note that. Yeah, I think I I said hello to them at the the last convention here, but I didn't. Yeah, I didn't get into that. Yeah. Okay, I'll make a note real fast. So we we appreciate your guys' time. We'll make sure we have all the show notes. Uh, we'll have all the links that we can of anything we've talked about. And thank you for helping out any parents who, who, whether they're homeschooling or they're, they're just doing additional education, that's fantastic. And you're helping those who want to teach as well. So thank you guys for doing this. This is, this is a, this is a big lift that you're taking on and certainly it's going to add a lot of value. So, um, anything we can do to help you guys, thank you for coming on. It's been great sitting down and getting to know you. Anything else, Tolly? No, I just, I think it's, you guys are working on a very, very, um, important project and it's going to change it's going to make homeschooling so much easier for the new wave of homeschoolers coming in so like scott said it's it's a lot of work we can see it mm-hmm. i mean you guys have you, a lot of you, you can a, feel a, it. a lot of yeah. hurdles to jump over but you start it and it's only going to get better from here so great job Thank we're, you. we're cheering yeah. you on so yeah, we're well, cheering def- you on all right. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Right. Thank you both. And, and the work that you do. I love the free market kids concept and, and the, the gaming aspect of everything. I just appreciate the platform and, and just introducing this to your listeners. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast and if you found this valuable, please leave a review to help others find us too. For those who prefer zapping sats, we love those too. We're on Fountain, we're on Noster, and we're on Orange Pill app. Also, I host a women's only Bitcoin podcast called Orange Hatter. And the mission of that podcast is to reach pre-coiner women. So if you know of someone in your life that you would like to introduce Bitcoin to, check it out. So Tali and I also don't have sponsors for this show. We are trying to build and run free market kids. You can check out our products at freemarketkids.com. This includes the Bitcoin mining game Hoddle Up, which is a great introduction to Bitcoin. The school edition of Hoddle Up is always available. We also have the 2024 halving edition. It's going to be super deluxe. Very excited to roll it out. It is available on presale at a 21% discount. Until next time, happy hodling.